0: Hello and welcome to What Would Jesus Tech? Welcome to 2024, another year, another year of more and more technology. How would Jesus have lived if he had lived today? People referred to him as a techie. Yes, tecton, if you will, but um, that's what it would be in the Greek. But techie, if he were to live today, carpenter, woodworker, maybe it wasn't wood, maybe it was something else. But Jesus interacted with, built, used, thought about technology he did not worship it, but he used it. And how should we use the technology of today in light of how much it's changing and how much it's changing us? Today, I am joined by my co-host, Joel Jacob. We have a lot of guests on this show. It's been fun to get to know other people and kind of broaden um, our network, so to speak, of other people in the faith tech world and the thought leadership world and the author world. But but it's me and Joel um, the the OGs of this podcast together to kind of predict the future and a brief reflection on, on the past as well. Um, Joel, how are you doing? You ready to predict the future?
1: Yeah, um, looking forward to having a good conversation around what is going to happen this year. I mean, there are a few things that we know for certain that uh, you know people have already said, and then there's the unknown. So. Um, right hopefully will this will give you a good heads up as to what's coming,
0: yeah, yeah, and' thinking about trends and thinking about how Christians um should respond so let's let's start off with you the the biggest news in 2022 that most people don't know about because it's b2 b business to business not consumer products is Cisco bought out a company your company like can you just give us a brief <laughs> update on the wildness that is your job right now which I guess is in jeopardy because that's kind of, I mean, obviously you got to you sign an NDA. You can't share too yeah. much, but your company got bought out by Cisco. And now who knows if your product is going to live in the world of this new takeover. So what's, what's going on?
1: Yeah. So Cisco has announced intent to acquire uh, Splunk. It was announced. Is it last year? Yeah, I guess we're in the new year. So it's announced last year. Um, we've gone through regulatory approval. You know, it's not a done deal. It's not certain. And um, like, I think if you saw recently, actually Adobe uh, had acquired Figma and then that actually ended up not happening because of some of okay. regulatory pushback in, in Europe. So um, we're still operating as an independent company, um, but that is definitely true that for all M&As, mergers and acquisitions, there is this process of like, well, what do you merge? What do you improve? Um, and it's a time of volatility. But I think that's true. I mean, it's true in most jobs, especially in in this market with the you know financial uh, interest rates and everything. I think a lot of people are going through this sort of like, let's look in our closet and see what makes sense, see what we need to lean into. Um, and it's a good time to do that at the beginning of, of a year.
0: Yeah. And, and you always come back to this idea of being adaptive, regardless of what situation. That's a new skill, perhaps, that it's a, no matter what kind of job you're in, there's an adaptivity that you need to have and a, a interest in learning and interest in growing. Um, you do this as a Christian. Everybody as a Christian should constantly be renewing themselves, repenting all of their life should be a life of repentance, well, so too should you're in the tech world in your job, even if you're a truck driver, who knows how your job's going to change. Um, so yeah, so what about other trends that you've seen in 2022? I'll just say that some of the trends that I, I was seeing, the worsening mental health for teenagers, like I just saw a new stat come out of Britain, and it's this massive study, over 7,000 people really rigorous and 48% of teens are reporting addiction to these social media apps. And it's like, I was just talking with my cousins and they're like, yeah, it's uh, maybe it's more like five hours a day on TikTok, uh, two hours a day on Instagram, like, like just straight to my face, you know, and that means that it might be a little bit higher if I actually went into their <laughs> screen time. It's just, it's, it's, a trend of not only addiction, but mental health repercussions. And yeah, that trend will continue in 2023. Like it's just, there's no yeah. 2024. There's nothing slowing that, slowing that down.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least I don't see anything like, you know, you'd think that like Apple coming out with screen time and maybe if we look at like the trends, it did have somewhat of an improvement where people set limits, but I'm sure... Not everyone has even come to that awareness of like, hey, like, you know, I'm just filling my time with this and maybe I should be doing other things. So I don't see any reason for that trend to to change, um, which is definitely shocking because it will in the short term, it's like, OK, um, this is a, a fact. But in the long term, what are the implications on societies, generations, um, work ethic, all of those things? So.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what's something that you saw in 2022 that you would consider to be a trend that twenty twenty
1: three? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 2023 to 2024.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's gone by so fast. Um, I mean, the biggest trend that I think even outside of tech, everyone knows about this AI wave and it's just been constant. And it really, you know, we're a bit more than a year since Chet GPT came out and really shook up the scene and, got a lot of attention and it's funny their original paper was like attention is all you need Um, (laughs) but it has just continued this rapid pace of innovation and i don't see that stopping um in in the next year so yeah there's a few i have you know four key predictions for next year and they're based on trends they're based on other things should we jump straight in
0: Yeah, we should jump in. We have not, for listeners, we have not shared these with each other. So we might, I only have three, Joel has four. So Joel, you start, you give one of your four.
1: Okay, so yeah, we're talking about AI. And I think specifically, this last year has been a lot about chat GPT, text-based, large language models. And then if you're really into the space, you're starting to see this emergence of multimodal AI. And I think maybe we mentioned it, other people talked about it. But you're seeing videos and images and all those things being able to be generated. Um, and one of the famous ones was Google put out a video for Gemini and then it came out later that it was kind of faked, but you actually had a person drawing and asking Gemini what he thought of it and started interacting back and forth. And even though it came out later that it wasn't true, this kind of concept has been come out to a while to be like, Okay, fine. Maybe we're not there today, but we're going to get there and we'll get there faster than we imagined to have this like co pilot that can see and interact with everything you are seeing and saying. Um, and it's a little
0: smoke and mirrors. Like it's funny. So Google puts out a video. It's not exactly legitimate, like the AI is not that fast, not that accurate, but they make the video make it look like it does. Like, I think it was like a rock, paper, scissors thing, right? Where they showed a video of someone doing rock, paper, scissors with their hand. And then in the computer, it could pick up from the video what was going on just by looking at the video. And so it's like, whoa, if it can do this. And we already know from like the way that AI has been applied to computer games in order to create speed run mechanics and things like that like you can lose hours away on YouTube not like I've ever done that but you can <laughs> um, and find out the way that AI is used in order to navigate a Mario Kart circuit like instead of sitting next to a human being you can sit next to a really intelligent machine learning AI not just the ones that have been programmed in the game anyways I'm I'm on a tangent you keep going
1: yeah uh, we saw meta also, Release a software upgrade for their glasses, the Ray-Ban glasses, where right. you can actually talk to their AI that's running the glass and be like, hey, you know, what is this? Tell me, like, how do I water this plant or something like that? Um, so you're seeing a couple hints basically that are saying in the next year, we're going to have more models come out and they will be more multimodal, which will bring it closer to kind of being, I think the, the best word that came out is co-pilot. So it'll be mm-hmm. this kind of like co-pilot with you to do tasks more efficiently. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that'll that definitely happen in the next year.
0: And one of the tasks that people will be doing in 2024 is creating election propaganda or election campaign material, thanks to the U.S. election. And they will leverage AI alongside themselves in order to produce videos that might not actually be Donald Trump, but might be an AI version or a deep faked version of Donald Trump. And, you know, we saw that at the end of last year with a Mr. Beast video that went viral and it was not a real, it was not Mr. Beast. It was an AI generated version of him to trick people into giving their um, information anyways. So yeah, it's it's definitely, that was, that was one of my four or one of my three was a rise of fake news leading into 2024 mm-hmm. is that One implementation of what you're talking about with AI and multimodal AI, not just text, but images, as well as multimodal. I think when you're referring to multimodal, you're also thinking about the way that it can have one AI is working in the system, but then another AI is checking its accuracy. So there's multiple AIs working within the same system. In order to produce a better result. And then you can have one that's in the system really focused on truth and focused on accuracy and yeah. to fix some of the errors that generative AI is doing. So, I mean, for the, for the average person, you just need to recognize, and I think people are already recognizing this. When you sign onto the internet or sign onto an app or look through a screen, the likelihood of that being fake is increasing. So when you signed onto the internet in 2008 and you were on Facebook, you weren't seeing, well, you weren't seeing many ads. Um, You also weren't seeing much that was fake. Um, And not only have we introduced filters to normalize Mm -hmm. the way that we see each other's faces, you know, you, you sign on a zoom chat now, and I'd be interesting. I'd love for zoom to report on this number of how many people click the button, let AI manipulate my image so that I, I look better. You know, I've clicked it before. It's like, Oh, I just woke up, click that button in zoom so that they don't see my real face. Like, so there's, there's those minor tweaks, but now with AI where it is now there's massive tweaks. Now there's massive. And so contents, content that you're seeing when you're looking at Google reviews, don't, don't trust the Google reviews. Don't trust the Amazon reviews. There are bots out there faking this stuff. Don't trust the follower count. Now, sure. There's, there's, risk here and like not trusting anything, but that's, I think the, the whiplash effect of the lack of trust that we have through screens is going to be an increased dependency on embodied relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you're going to see a, a, a whiplash. Uh, Whoa, this is, this is not going well in this direction. So people are like, all right, I just need to sit face to face and that will be preferable to me. Um But I don't know. Like I, I can see, I can see it veering off uh, where there uh, are some yeah, people who are more heavy on in-person, um, some people that are more heavy on the Google Glasses, the Apple Vision that was launched. Um, Rex Woodbury, yeah. he put out his predictions for 2024, and he's like, people are going to be disappointed at the number of Apple Vision goggles that are sold. Like They're expensive. They're 5K, but Canadian. They're, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. going to be sold, and some people are going to lean into virtual reality and others are gonna yeah i mean way. so
1: that's my that's my second there is ar and vr gaining another traction i think you know you mentioned apple vision pro it's supposed to come out i think in you know the february time frame uh early in the in the year they say so it's probably the first time Apple's come out with a new product in a while um <laughs> but they show commitment to the product lines i can't think of a product that they really like, come out with and said like, yeah, we've just completely like abandoned it. So what iPod that means Nano, is,
0: can't get the iPod Nano anymore. It's yeah, over. It's,
1: it just kind of assimilated into something else. So it, it evolved, but it's not like you know they no, said. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: Unlike Google, Google, you can't trust that their products. I mean, they're going to keep Gmail, but there's been a lot <laughs> of Google. Do you remember when Google came out with the social media app like way back? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's funny to think about something. Google's. Yeah lack you can't trust google but you can trust apple more with their products because there's that history right
1: yeah and it's a good indicator of what they're going to do going forward so what i think is you know i know someone who's going to buy two he's going to want buy one keep it sealed and then buy one for using because it'll be like when the first imax you know came out and it's a collector's item right and i think the big tell will be do they have the killer app you know i have the metaquest pro Mm. 3 or meta quest three myself and it's pretty good so this new generation of headsets where you can actually see augmented reality and you can actually see your hands you can see you can talk to someone although they're looking at you and they're like i can't see you apple is trying to address that by having the eyesight feature right so i think it'll be interesting to finally kick off the race here um Mm -hmm. but meta is also showing that like they have this divergent product strategy where they have that headset that is high fidelity experiences and then they have the glasses and the goal is in a few years to kind of like bring that together where you have high fidelity on something that more and more people can adopt so it'll be interesting to see that and everyone kind of you know killed off the metaverse so and i don't think you know the metaverse is coming back next year but i do think there'll be a notable increase in adoption
0: yeah, yeah. And it's like people are like, oh, the metaverse, it never happened. And yet Discord groups are very much a thing where you jump onto a Discord group and then you join the call and then you're talking to people. You're you're audio connected. And that that is very popular. And Twitter or X chats, um, you know, those are when you go on Twitter Live or whatever they call it, their branding could Really, use some help. That was maybe a mistake. <laughs> in 2023, was uh, the rebranding to X. Um, maybe, maybe some more thought could have gone into that, Musk. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on, on AI, multimodal, and then because of the increases in AI, we're seeing some of this, these developments in virtual reality and augmented reality, and there is a future of putting on a pair of glasses and selecting what you overlay onto your physical environment that's that's coming um some of it's already here uh, but yeah it'll it's it'll be way better than a zoom call right yeah yeah
1: i think even um so i've been testing it out now the 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 meta one for a couple months just to have a more first principles opinion on it um and there's like two two things one when I'm trying to fix something, I won't look for the manual. I'll look for a YouTube video on like how Wait, someone else so fixed it. And I think it'll be so much easier to be like, don't just show me a video where I look at the screen and then look at the thing. Just show me on the thing what to do and I'll follow it and someone can make it and it'll identify the object and walk me through it. So that's definitely the next progression is just how fast can we get there? And the second is there are a couple friends I want to meet up with over the holidays, but you know, it's always busy. You can't go out, whatever. If I really... I, I do feel comfortable putting on the headset. And if it didn't feel like there was some weird avatar, if I could actually feel like I'm talking to the person, I would do that. And, you know, Facebook did show in the last year they had a codec, whereas Mark Zuckerberg and Lex Friedman had a conversation and it, they had scanned their faces. Yeah. And it looked like hyper-realistic. So, yeah, I think definitely... You know, if we want to time box it to the next year, 2024, um, I mean, I'm hoping we see some of that like codec functionality come in a limited availability so people could test it out and more and more people convinced that it's coming.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. All right. You ready for one of my that my other prediction of like fake news rising? That was kind of vague. So I got a really specific one here. A okay. big tech leader in 2024 is going to become a Christian. oh wow! Now, I don't know which one <laughs> but I but my my take is that it's going to happen. Um, and so this is in part because there's been this larger trend and Justin Briley has done great work on this. Um, he has a podcast and a book um, that basically talks about the rise and fall of new atheism so and it's like he calls it the surprising rebirth of belief in God. So if you're our age in your 30s or in your 40s, or even if you're in your 50s, you you remember in the 2000s, the rise of the new atheists, the four horsemen, the, the Sam Harris, the Christopher Hitchens, Dawkins, you know, they were out there publicly just blasting religion, right? And then you had books responding to that apologetics. And the, Tim Keller, you know, he wrote um, The Reason for God in that same era, like giving defense against atheism for god and now we're not seeing new atheists on the rise they've splintered into a thousand different denominations like like there's no mm. central new atheist movement instead people are people are still spiritual but not religious they they want to be spiritual they want to believe in something and so you see this in like the rise of jordan peterson who has some kind of belief in god let's not try to peg him down cuz he doesn't want to be pegged down right. with his belief in god but you have him, you have historians like Tom Holland who have argued extensively on the impact of Christianity on the West and that things like human values or human rights or dignity of each person, like that comes from Christianity. if If you're just listening to Dawkins, all you're getting is survival of the fittest. You know, you're you're the strong eat the weak. That's what you're getting with an atheistic worldview. That relies on evolutionary biology as opposed to a divine author who has intent for every creature. So, anyway, so you have these these new thinkers instead of new atheists. Now you have new thinkers like Jonathan Haidt, Mary Harrington, Tom Holland, Douglas Murray, who are who are not Christian necessarily, but they're very open to Christianity. And then you have someone who used to be in the New Atheist movement who now has become a Christian in like the last six months. Um, I might mispronounce your name, but Ian Hirsi Ali, uh, she recently said, like, "Hey, I'm I'm a Christian now. Like, I believe the West was built on Christian values. I need to be a part of this Christian thing." Um, and so there's just this recognition of the value of religion. You have some major leaders making this turn towards religion. I know it's not the same, but Hulk Hogan recently became a Christian. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> you know, like you know, we had Kanye West a couple years ago, like. Right? So that's yeah, my yeah. prediction. There's going to be someone out there, some big tech leader, maybe not Mark Zuckerberg that we talked about on our very first episode of WWJT, like he likes Genesis 1. He wants to imitate the creator god and he likes the idea of connection and and draws scripture as his inspiration. Um but yeah, it's just like if you I have mean, listened yeah, to like, it's anyways, it's interesting.
1: And yeah, and someone who works in tech, I think it'll be really cool to have public leaders in the space kind of be like yeah like i'm christian like you know there was a uh, an interview with elon musk and like one of his last attempts at spacex you know a rocket going up and he's like oh man like thank god that didn't blow up and he was kind of like thinking about it later it's like you know like there's got to be some being because when he got pushed to that point it was like you you get to question like are we really alone is there like you know, a God. And I think, you know, hopefully that'd be really cool if that if that prediction comes forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of directions we could go with that, but uh, that's the prediction. I'll leave it there. Um, I, I, I'm i not predicting a huge rise in of Christianity or anything like that. Like I think in the West, we're going to see a decline of Christianity still bearing a miracle. Um, but the, the future is, Christian, like there's been good arguments, Tim Keller's book, um, I'm working through it right now, making sense of God. He makes clear in the first chapter that there's a, there's a ton of evidence about global Christianity and it is on the mm-hmm. rise. So if you go to Africa, you go to South America, you go to China, Christianity is increasing. Like Christianity is not going away. Canada is actually becoming more religious. We're going from 6% um, of the minor minority religions to 10% by 2020 or 2035. So like we're going to see an increase in religiosity and religious diversity in Canada, not less. And so, yeah, that just kind of brackets our expectations. And that would be another underlying trend from 2023 that's going to continue into 2024 is kind of a techno religion, a trust right. the science, trust the progress, trust that technology will solve these problems. Um, and I won't do too much of a book review right now, but in the last year I read multiple books that repeated the same theme. Um, you had basically Neil Postman's technopoly. So that's what he refers to it as that we're entering into a technopoly. Jacques Leuil, his technocratic society, he similarly like compares cultures and he's like, what is it about the Romans as opposed to the Greeks in terms of the development of society? you know the romans developed their society very quickly and developed in a different way because they bought into kind of a techno technology driven society and they progressed through technology and trusted in that process in a way that the greeks didn't and now we're seeing something different today that's uh, a hyper active version of that reliance on technology to solve problems yeah i mean and I you're going to
1: see that Oh, it's ahead, religious.
0: No. It's religious in nature. It is,
1: it is religious. I think it's interesting. Like you know, the EU passed the AI law, and then there yeah. are people in America being like, "Wait, why are they bragging about this?" And it's like really like a divergence on beliefs, where in in the US it's more like you know free market and uh, you know capitalism at not all costs, but you know it's definitely more prioritized than some ethics and some other more cautious approaches. And it's like, Hey, we don't really know. Let's just like take more risks. And that really comes right. back to this belief. And you come back to even like um the, the predictions of uh, the singularity, you know, mm-hmm. this is there. This is like the end times, right? Like there, there's a <laughs> whole wave of uh, effective acceleration versus effective altruism. You saw Sam Altman and uh, opening. I get caught up in that debate. Um, mm-hmm. where it's like, people are like, we want to progress this forward and we want to pull it back. And this is, it's, uh, it's like different denominations. Right. And mm-hmm. the singularity is that second coming or end yeah. time. sort of moment, yeah. so it's, it's very, very, interesting. Yeah. By just, the way, just, that's just,
0: 2032, 2032. That's the, that's the, when it's happening. 20, that's the,
1: a pr- the singularity. Pr- pr- yeah. predicted.
0: Well, Sam Altman, he's at the center of open AI and he has all the power in the world now because very few people have been fired off of the CEO seat and then rehired within two weeks. Um, basically because of the backlash, like that's how do you fire him at this point? Anyways, he, I have an old quote from him from like t- 10 years ago. I made like an entrepreneurship document and I was just making note on how the entrepreneurship. Tone at the University of Waterloo. People like Larry Smith and others. um I was just like I was just taking notes and I, I was capturing quotes. And one of the quotes that I have from Sam Altman, watching one of his early Y Combinator videos, he said, "Starting a startup is a lot." People say he sa- he said it this way. People say that starting a startup is a lot like starting a religion. And I think there's mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot to that or whatever was how he said it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah man, like you are. People see him as a savior. They, they see him as like, and people say the same thing about Elon Musk, like he is a savior of humanity. Anyways, people want to trust in something. People want to hope and find optimism. And where will they find it? Fundamentally, as Christians, we find it in Christ. What is our only hope in life and death? New City Catechism or Heidelberg Catechism. Where do we find our hope? It's, it's in, it's in God and our savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Anyways, I let's, think, yeah, other I'm, predictions, or you can make a couple I got, more. I got points. two more.
1: I got two more predictions. But yeah, I think like it's, it's when I look at the predictions, it's exciting. And I think a lot of them people are looking forward to, but definitely, like you said, has to be tempered um, with perspective. And that's what we're hoping that people can have to engage in technology in a healthy way. So the other one is um, robotics. I think this is one that. Again, a couple of these, like even AI, was hyped a long time ago. It went through a winter, and now it's kind of hitting an inflection point and gets popular again. And part of it is the synergies of different technologies that actually enable us to break through past like a a certain point. Like the Tesla Optimus bot, they've released three, I think, iterations, September 2002, and I think it was March twenty three. And then just in December, the third iteration. So it's like under a year, they'll come out with a new hardware product. And for comparison, it typically takes, I don't know, 12 months to 18 months to go from conception to bring out a product, uh, out like a hardware product. Um, so they have a really fast pace of innovation and a lot of what they're doing and the brilliance of that that company is leveraging technology from the different businesses he runs right so he can use x or twitter for training ai models so you can use tesla car to train vision models and then Mm -hmm. you can put that into a robot and you're using space grade materials and manufacturing that you've uh, optimized at spacex so um they've done a good job at synergy and i think really what we will see in the next year, is some sort of limited use case for robotics in a warehouse or something like that using AI. And I think the big impact to that trend and that prediction is that if they can offer a price point and it's it's less material and it's going to be cheaper than a car, they can offer that between ten and twenty thousand dollars. Will people take a lease on it to do some work, you know, uh, dishes, cleaning, all the type of stuff? And then there's this whole box of questions i'm sure it opens for christians
0: yeah yeah no we and of course we talked about that maybe that was like 7 months ago it was one of our more popular youtube videos on on the rise of robotics and yeah like i i have this weird discomfort yet i see the value and i see the benefit it's this like worry of it being a savior complex yet also seeing hmm. the immense value that it could offer and yeah when you phrase it like that it's like buying a car, put a mortgage, like not a, it's not a mortgage. It's not a house, but you lease and it lease out. The a lease payment, yeah. And I think a lot of people will like it because it's new. But then when you start talking about, it's just a thing that instead of getting a Roomba and of this and a that and a that in your house, you're doing that. But it's got to, it's got to get there and it's still not there yet. It's like,
1: yeah, I mean, for context, I just saw a video last week of a robot that uses imitation you know machine learning training and i cook like a three course cantonese meal you know breaking mm-hmm. the eggs moving around doing the pan so uh, we can we can share the links um but it, it, i think it's interesting because for a lot of times it's like yeah we're not there yet we've heard this before the boy he cried wolf you know and then there is still progress underway from the people who are persistent and then you hit you get hit with this like oh my gosh we, we are here totally
0: even ai oh, is going to continue to see development we don't even we don't even see all the underlying stuff that the research that goes behind it and that sort of thing all right yeah, i have one more prediction of, okay go have, ahead. how many more predictions do you have
1: i've have, i've have one more probably that's worth talking about
0: all right my prediction i got a specific one you ready for this yeah there's going to be a new dating app and it's and that's i'm stealing this from rex woodbury at least that part, because he's seen the rise of dating apps. Like now it's not just like 50% and a majority of people are meeting their significant other online. It's like 70%. Like it's it's wild just how much. Obviously the pandemic accelerated this, but people just aren't meeting others in person. And dating is down a ton, like only 25%, um, or it's up to 25% now of 40-year-olds have not ever married and are not married. Mm. Like a quarter of the population at 40 is not married. And that was way lower. So like you have less and less people going on dates, especially teens, because it's a dangerous activity. Jonathan Haidt's going to come out with a book this year called An Anxious Generation. His core thesis is that we have overprotected kids online. uh, Sorry, we've overprotected kids in person. We haven't given them opportunities to play and access danger. Um, but we've underprotected them online. And this has tons of consequences like mental health, like we talked about. Um, But you also just, they're risk adverse. And so they don't date, they don't have a driver's license because everything's online. And so they're not engaging in these risky activities. And yet there's still, of course, Adam in the garden, it's not good for man to be alone. People want to have intimacy and relationship with others. Um, and by the way, that, that statement, it's not good to be alone. That doesn't just apply to marriage. That applies to friendship too. Um, you don't have to get married if you're a Christian. Read first Corinthians, especially first Corinthians seven, um, through 10, and, and you'll hear Paul talk about that, but we're not going into the full details of singleness now, but it's good to be married. It's a good thing. Read Proverbs. Uh, a wife, <laughs> a good wife is from the Lord, you know, um, not a bad wife who's like a leaky faucet. Um, according to Proverbs. (laughs) All right. So an analog dating app. Let me break it down for you, Joel. Here's what it's going to do. It's going to give you five AI-generated matches per day. That's it. And it's almost like the same incentive structure that you have with... Remember Wordle? It came out, that the game. You could only play the game once per day. So you you get that daily addiction. You're like, well, I'm going to check who my five AI-generated matches are today. And you're going to get five non-AI generated matches like pure. It'll be in your same age range, plus or minus 25% of your age. Of course, within appropriateness, if you're 20, you're not going to get a 16 year old, but like you're going to get non-AI generated, just, just random people who are within 25 miles of you. And you're going to be like, interesting. Like you're just going to like, they might be a friend. They might be a romantic relationship but it's going to introduce people to each other in this new app and people are going to be interested in it because it's just five people a day it's it's kind of comes with this you're not made to match with each other nobody said you'd be good for each other you're just going to get to go out or start chatting and then maybe you go out maybe you don't maybe you have coffee but it's coming a new
1: yeah i mean, I mean seems can
0: check this next year but an analog <laughs> dating app because there's a frustration with the scene specific. right now yeah yeah, it's gonna it's happening. I'm not coming out with it, but I, I wanna be bold and have a specific prediction. People are sick of dating apps as they are now. So uh so yeah, that's my theory. I
1: mean, no, sounds good. It sounds like it sounds like someone should build it, you know? It's like you, you pitch me to be like, hmm, there's a lot there's really a lot. Uh, everyone's feeling this that you could do with AI and the new technology. Uh, so my last prediction. Yep. Um which I think definitely has fallen off the radar for a lot of people is, is crypto and Bitcoin. And yeah, it's definitely not on my radar at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crypto winter. Right. And it's the thing is it's been through this before. I remember I was talking with someone over the holidays and he said, do you remember, you know, it was like 2012, 2013. And you first told me about Bitcoin and we're going to start farming Bitcoin, And, you know, we, we, we researched it. We made an analysis. We're going to use a, Landlords do electricity, which is free. And like we didn't do it. So it's 10 years, you know, it's been more than 10 years. What has happened consistently is for Bitcoin, at least, there's a halving, 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 halving cycle. And that should come again this coming April, where it actually is harder to mine or compute this. Mathematical formula Hmm. that validates the blockchain and that makes crypto transact. So, what ends up happening is a value goes up. And when that value goes up, there will be more coverage and it'll probably line up to people actually coming out with better real applications of blockchain. You know, the last one, we saw all sorts of weird stuff that really put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Like, NFTs and stuff like that. People are like, okay, what is the point? You've taken like a picture and you've like, sure, you've made it, but this is the authentic copy, but it's not a real value. And at that time, the bills were like, no, 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 it's really valuable. And then the market played out and it's like, no, no, it was just like a bubble. But back to your point on authenticity and trust, there is still in the technology itself a value of validating authenticity. Right. So, you 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 know you layer on a bunch of these things happening, uh, and it seems like there's a good opportunity for crypto to make a splash again in 2024.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because it. I mean, we again we had we've had an episode on it. Um, it, it was the theology of money and thinking about that and thinking about the finite nature of cryptocurrency as opposed to the way that our markets work and governments work today, which is just printing off more money or canada's version which is just a a really convoluted way of borrowing from yourself um so that it, it makes the books not look so bad um but anyways that's a whole other political conversation that we won't we don't need to get into right now
1: but yeah and no, we did a, see go ahead i was gonna say we we also saw um uh f FTC, uh sam <laughs> sam bank been freed right They, oh, FDX, that's it. And, and you know, Binance and a bunch of shakeup in the industry, right? Which is good if you actually look deeper because it means that whoever's still involved is now passing this threshold of regulatory scrutiny. And that means it's more of a stamp of approval for the people who will be going forward. So I think that actually increases the odds of like this being a realistic thing.
0: So are, are you giving financial advice right now? Should I be investing in Bitcoin? Don't we need like some disclaimers or something so that we don't get sued by people? Like personally, I'm not going to make a bunch of, like I, I respect you, Joel. You you can make your own financial decisions on this one. I'm not there to like invest money as an investment strategy with Bitcoin, which is just like, it's kind of counterintuitive to the actual purpose of Bitcoin, but that's what it, it seemed to have become for people. It's it's not about exchanging without banks being involved, it has become about investing. Um, So do we need any disclaimers? You would know this better than I.
1: Uh, I don't think so. But (laughs) We were not financial advisors (laughs) for the record. Um, And I think that actually is a problem is that people had been looking at crypto as kind of like a way to make money rather than a utility to accomplish some task like verify the uh, authenticity of, of a pair of shoes or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it like, we're living in a different world. Like I, just this week, I, because of the smart thermostat that I have in my home, shout out to Joel's old, old company, Ecobee, um, <laughs> because of that smart thermostat and their partnership with the government of Ontario, um, I successfully applied and the government regulated the temperature in my home, I think a little bit, I don't know, it, it did, it did its fancy thing. The algorithm made it a little bit cooler when it didn't need to be so warm. Anyways, and then I got a $75 reimbursement. Now, how did they give me that $75? Interesting, an online only MasterCard. So it's basically mm. you click the email, you activate the MasterCard like card, and then you only have a picture of a credit card. And then you're inputting this number. And then it, it, like, it worked. I bought myself some books. And that's what I buy was $75. <laughs> And like, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. It's like a weird, it was a weird process to get a credit card that had a max. Like I literally couldn't buy an $11 book. I had to buy a $9 book with the remaining. So I actually have 50 cents left on the card. That seems really difficult to like use because it, it gets declined. Otherwise it's just, a, it's just weird. Right. Like, right. but it's, it's a suboptimal
1: it's experience.
0: Correct and you can imagine with cryptocurrency transfers and they're just being a, it's like a token it's it's as simple as that so and it's it's interesting but if i had got it in cryptocurrency i probably wouldn't have appreciated it as much as like the brand recognition of mastercard yeah because i'm a normie unlike you who's what <laughs> what's it, what the word for it base or something anyways it's oh. it's an interesting it's an interesting world when it comes to so many things being transferred online money being transferred online um, yeah crypto seems like a natural extension
1: i think and there's probably a footnote here on the predictions for 2024 on um sorry there's probably a footnote here for the predictions of things going on in 24 with finance and how that will change right so we at least in the west i think all over there's been this big inflation that happened from pandemic yeah. and then rates are coming down or inflation rather the readings are coming down but the rates are still up, and that's affecting spending at the personal level, but also at the business level, and that affects spending on innovation and like kind mm-hmm. of a lot of these wild projects that people are kind of like, yeah, whatever money's free are way more scrutinized now. So I think mm-hmm. what that means is what comes out. Sorry, I think what that means is that in the next year you'll have more bell hardened um, tech products come to market, you'll have hmm. less kind of fluff. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I saw someone reporting on the fact that like any fluff that has been in companies like Google or whatever and non-essential staff roles, they were, they were gone in the layoffs in 2022, 23, um, like di- diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI, those departments have been like halved in some cases or more. Um, and there's talk of Google letting more people go because AI is going to replace it. So again, we'll we'll keep up with this kind of stuff. We don't like to be a primarily news podcast that only covers stuff in the last week or two. We like to take maybe a six-month-out reflection and prediction at, at times. Um, Joel likes to call himself a futurist, uh, despite the negative connotations that Sam James uh, puts to that. Do you remember that? It, we'll we'll do an extra like ten minutes for our Patreon supporters on why Joel's a tech futurist, <laughs> and then I'm gonna bring up a Jewish argument against Christianity on the basis of techno religion, um, which I That's didn't get cool. to mention earlier. So we'll we'll do we'll do a quick little bonus episode. Thank you to our patrons. Um, patreon.com slash WWJT. Um, there's a link in the show notes as well if you want to support us. Um, yeah, we wanna we wanna thank those who do. And thank you to everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, this has been yet another What Would Jesus Tech? We're learning. Joel and I are. We're on a journey to reconcile our love of Jesus and our love of tech. And we encourage you to use tech to find rest and to glorify God. Thanks for listening. Take care.